Hello. <laughs> We're starting off in such a great way on uh, the first ever Lady Talk Live. We're, we do apologize for uh, blowing out your eardrums just now. <laughs> But there's a first time for everything, and uh, we're all a little new at this, so cut us a little bit of slack. And uh, joining you tonight, this is Stephanie and Antigone and Carla. Yes, and we are so excited to have you uh, listeners joining us tonight. This is the first ever episode of Lady Talk Live, also known as Free Talk Live. Uh, If you'd like to uh, watch us do the show live, you can go to freetalklive.com and click on the studio cam and interact with us as we do the show. So I'm so excited to uh, to be here with you ladies uh, tonight. You guys, uh, I shouldn't say guys, I should say ladies. Well. You ladies, <laughs> you're both, uh, you know, very intelligent and uh, very well-read and, and smart and really fun to be around. And so uh, I was really happy that you both uh, could be here with me tonight uh, for my first show that I'm hosting all by myself, sort of, with Ian in the background. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to talk about a lot of different things with you uh, with you tonight including uh, something that's been on my mind a lot lately. Uh, And I guess we should just jump into it. The thing that I've been thinking about a lot is uh, attracting women to liberty. So I was thinking uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Uh, And, you know, we're here tonight and we're calling it Lady Talk Live. Uh, But you could certainly make the criticism that, well, who cares that we're all ladies, right? Right. We're all smart and we're all, you know, special in our own way. We're individuals. Who cares if we have two X chromosomes versus a Y chromosome, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the fact that we're a woman is, I mean, I think it's good in some ways because we can be a role model for other people and certainly help to frame issues in a way for women that sometimes are different to guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would agree with that, that uh, everybody brings their own unique perspective based on their own life experiences, right? And so, uh, you know, the message of liberty coming from a woman may appeal to some people more than uh, the message of liberty coming from someone else. Is that right? Yeah, I certainly think so. I don't know. What do you think, Antigone? Agreed. I, you know, when I go out and talk to, to people, um, you know, I have really good conversations with people. They don't expect, you know, me to be talking about the things that I talk about. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the stereotype. That's so, the impression that women don't, you know. You think there's a stereotype that uh, women aren't interested in uh, issues surrounding liberty? Um, I, that's a complaint I hear a lot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by women all the time. Look at us now. Um, but <laughs> yes, I hear that awesome. complaint from straight men. Huh. Yeah. I, I have to say I, I hear that complaint too. Um, and certainly uh, we're not the first ones to say this, but some people have noticed that there's a, a lack of women in the liberty movement. Have and apparently, if you look at the room tonight, a lack of blondes <laughs> <laughs> or like the dark headed Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I'm dirty blonde. <laughs> Just um, yeah, but I, I guess, Carla, you bring up a, a good point. Um, right. If you're going to say that there aren't enough women in the liberty movement, you might as well say, well, there aren't enough elderly people or there aren't enough uh, Hispanic people or whatever. Right. And and I think that's a legitimate criticism. I mean, certainly, yeah. you know, a, a true libertarians, true liberty loving people, whatever label you want to give them, um, we're a really big tent and we'd sort of like the tent to be a little more than white males. And so it's exciting. Certainly in the past two or three years, I've seen a lot more women moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, but also yes. more women being attracted to the liberty movement in general. 
Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that, Carla. Uh, If anyone is listening and uh, isn't aware of the Free State Project, you should go to freestateproject.org and check it out. It's a movement of uh, 20,000 liberty-loving individuals, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, uh, all moving to New Hampshire and getting active to create a freer society. And all of us are are participants in the Free State Project. Is that right, ladies? Yes. You outed me. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't think it was a big secret. (laughs) And uh, where did you move from, Stephanie? Well, I moved from Massachusetts and I moved four years ago. And uh, as you were saying before, Carla, uh, I have noticed uh, a a big change in sort of the demographic and the number of people that have been here in New Hampshire. I mean, uh, we were discussing this before we arrived at the studio. When I first got here to New Hampshire, uh, the free staters were kind of spread out throughout the state. And uh, I used to organize uh, some meetups and people would come from really disparate areas like, you know, they would drive two hours to get to the meetup just to meet some other like minded people. And now there's so much going on locally that people don't have to do that anymore. Although sometimes, you know, people do make make trips for big events and things like that. Well, and it's also it's nice. I mean, one of the little things we're seeing developing within New Hampshire at the moment is all these satellite free Free Grafton, Antigone's very involved with that. Yeah. Um, of course, Ian, who does Free Keen here in Keene, where the studios are located. And um, we actually, ironically, as ladies, are all from the Upper Valley. So That's right. uh, we the own that meaning... geographic area. <laughs> <laughs> Upper Valley, uh, when we say that, we mean uh, kind of Grafton area, I guess you could say. There's kind of a hotbed of uh, of uh, liberty lovers in Grafton, I would, I would say. Um, yeah, so... Do you have some thoughts? Are you are you a lady listener or a guy listener? Anybody uh, is welcome to call in and give us your thoughts. Our number is uh, 603-435-1105. And you can call us anytime and let us know what you think about attracting women to liberty, about uh, changes within the movement. Uh, anything else that's on your mind, give us a call. 603-435-1105. So, Carla, something you said before about uh, localism I thought was interesting uh, you know, as as the movement has grown, as there are more freedom lovers moving here to New Hampshire, uh, things become increasingly localized. And I remember you telling me before that uh, you are only interested in doing uh, New Hampshire-centric activism. Is that right? Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those ironic things as we talk about attracting more women to the liberty movement. I mean, an organization I have a lot of respect for, uh, Lola, the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, uh, you know, I had talked to Allison about possibly being on the board there and just had a realization at one point that even though that's something I think is a worthy, um, worthy thing to do and it would be great to be involved, I am more interested in just purely doing things within New Hampshire to make uh, the changes that that would be the most immediate to my own life. So by making changes to my community within my world um, seems like a better use of my time than trying to change the entire world. Yeah, I have to uh, agree with that. I think um, Antigone and I are both uh, involved with uh, Free Grafton, which is a kind of a local website uh, uh, dedicated to covering news, liberty activism in the in the Upper Valley area. And so I think it's, it is more effective when you kind of focus on a, a little bit smaller scale. Yeah. And, and so, you know, one of the ideas, you know, when we're thinking about, okay, how do we attract more women? I mean, one of the exciting things I saw at, at the end of Porkfest, um, which, you know, as, as some of our listeners may know, I'm involved in the organization of that was just talking to a lot. Well, first of all, I should start with this. The first Porkfest I went to, there were probably 10 women 
at wow. that pork fest. <laughs> and how many attendees? Um, and maybe 100, 120. Um, it Oy. doesn't even seem like it was that long ago. It may have been 2006. Six, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if, if I look at sort of how the, the, the face of things has changed and how many women were at Porkfest. I actually think we're doing a good job. Maybe the, the bigger issue is not so much how do we attract more women. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's an issue of just this is a popular message. I think as the message comes out, people start to realize that it resonates with them and that they, too. I mean, it just it makes sense. I don't even know what else to say. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Antigone, any thoughts about that? I don't I don't actually think too much about it mm-hmm. really and being a woman or not because I'm you know really big on not collectivizing right <laughs> well that's me like oh that's a collectivist thought yeah um, she said that about my blonde joke too <laughs> <laughs> well I don't want to put Damn people in collectivist Carla <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my problem <laughs> Yeah, and we did have a call on the line. I'm, I apologize, uh, a little new at handling the phone. So we had Steve on the line, but he dropped off. So Steve, if you'd like to call back, give us a call, 603-435-1105. Thanks for listening to Lady Talk Live. We'll be back. This is Lady Talk Live. You're listening to the first all-female edition of Free Talk Live Sunday, of course. And here with you, this is uh, Stephanie. And Antigone. And Carla. Yes. Two very special, lovely, uh, intelligent ladies that I'm so glad are here joining me today. And uh, before the break, uh, we started by talking about attracting women to liberty and uh, uh, the state of sort of the amount of women in the movement, I guess which has been kind of a consistent issue over the uh, the year, the past few years that I've been here in New Hampshire. Uh, and now we have a call from another lady listener on the line. Let's go to uh, Jackie, and we'll see if I can take this call. Jackie, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hi. Uh, what do you want to talk about tonight? Hi. Um, I wanted to share some experiences that I've had trying to convert women to liberty or uh, liberal, more libertarian, excuse me, ideas. And I have always come to one consistent problem, and I thought maybe it was something that could be uh, discussed, and maybe we could figure out how to get around it. Yeah, love to. What was the problem? It was women are afraid to come from behind the protections of what is commonly known as feminism. The protections Um, of feminism. What, What do you mean by that? Well, like, okay, one of the biggest feminist issues that I have at least seen talked about in my area nowadays is things like the Equal Rights Amendment. Mm-hmm. They want to to make, an, to make an amendment to the Constitution, um, you know, saying that, you know, people are basically equal, and basically it really already says that. A lot of um, feminists have been very successful um, in, you know, pushing pushing laws on us, which, like, mm-hmm. we really need more laws, yeah. pushing things like that on basically to force people to think a certain way. And while I certainly want to be viewed as the equal of any man that I know, I do that by just 
being equal. I yes. I go out there and I'm very aggressive about what I want to get after. And I I would suspect that you guys are the same way. I don't need any laws to protect me. But yeah. a lot of women do want that there. And I think that that's what we need. we need. We need women to feel empowered just as individuals with our natural rights and not expect the government to hand us these rights. And a lot of women are very afraid of that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's very well said, Jackie. I, I have to totally agree with you. I mean, I find it basically offensive when someone suggests that I should get something simply because I'm a woman, because I have two X chromosomes, not because of the value of what I'm doing for maybe work or not because I'm intelligent and not because I'm, uh, you know, otherwise have value. It's because of my gender. So I, I totally agree with you. And the way to the way to, uh, you know, equalize women, I guess, uh, if they feel, you know, behind in society, that they're not being given their, their due credit, is by persuasion and by changing people's hearts and minds. I don't think there's any law that anyone could pass that would force people to think that, oh, women are equal to men. If someone has a misogynistic attitude, they're going to have it regardless of what the law says. You agree, uh, ladies in the studio? Exactly. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. And a lot, and it's just, it just seems to really work against it in a lot, because, you know, religion definitely pushes an agenda that women are either less than you or need to be protected. And then it's backed yeah. up by the government saying, oh, no, you're not as good as your male counterparts over there, so we're going to pass the Equal Rights Amendment and force them to treat you a certain way. And I'm just like, no, you know what, forget it. I, I'm very happy just to go out there and be, be an aggressive person and be a, someone who wants to go out and accomplish things rather than have to have a you know, big brother to hold my hand. Absolutely. And that's sort of almost a philosophy of individualism. I mean, it is the philosophy of individualism. So it's not, are you a boy? Are you a girl? Are you a lady? Are you a man or a gentleman or whatever? It's an issue of I am I, I am me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, Have you checked out uh, individualist feminism, Jackie? Have you ever heard of that? Um, you know what? I've never looked into it. I am I am only recently starting to separate myself from feminism because it was a big part of my life until I found uh, libertarianism just recently. So um, I thought I came to that conclusion on my own, but I've not read into it. But it's one of those things where um, I've come to a period in my life now where I actually find myself with quite a bit of spare time. So now that I'm studying things like Austrian economics and liberty, (laughs) individualism is like right on the is right the next thing in line. Awesome. Yeah, I believe that's uh, Wendy McElroy's website. She's got a a site called iFeminism. If you Google individualist feminism or iFeminism, you can find that. And she's also got a book called uh, Liberty for Women, I believe that I've read. So. Any other thoughts, Jackie? Uh, no, I just wanted to, to share that because it seems, I know this sounds really weird. A lot of people don't like to say this, but I think feminism really is the, the enemy of, of liberty for us. And hopefully we can get rid of that and just all be people. Yes, well said. Thank you for uh, the call tonight. Appreciate your thoughts. So, ladies, what do you think of that? Feminism is the enemy of uh, liberty. I, you know, I tend to agree with that. I, I can't say that I've read a ton on it in the sense, but sort of like our caller um, have just sort of molded over in my own mind and sort of gotten to that stage where um, I think most of the intent of, of the feminist movement, much like with um, sort of the civil rights movement and everything, everyone's hearts were in the right place, but it doesn't matter if your heart is in the right place, if the tools you're using to get there are wrong. And so Absolutely. something like feminism, you know, if it was just pure advocacy, which was sort of your point, you know, mm-hmm. if it's just an issue of trying to convince people and persuade people, that's different to using a 
a um, theory and basically both using it as propaganda in universities. I mean, you know, just the the, the feminist crap that <laughs> I have read and heard in American universities just astounds, boggles the mind. Um, and then also, as, as the caller said, you know, you, they're using these laws then um, or using this theory to implement laws, which is is ultimately, you know, against the goal and, and against the direction that we would want to go in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you want to call in with your thoughts on on feminism, or individualist feminism, individualism, or whatever uh, your interest may be, you can give us a call at 603-435-1105. Uh, do call us and let us know what you think. Uh, but let's, let's get back to... Uh, something that I was also thinking of uh, during Jackie's call, which was, uh, you know, we said we like to use persuasion and advocacy as opposed to using the aggressive uh, force of government to make laws, to you know, get women uh, whatever equal treatment or benef- special benefits or whatever, you know, uh, maternity leave is often cited as one of those. Right. Uh, what would you guys do, uh, you ladies do, <laughs> what would you ladies do if you had a let's say a misogynistic boss or coworker. Well, I mean, I've had all of those things in the past and oh, really? you either, um, actually I, well, I should say I, I worked with an attorney when I was still working in house who, um, you know, he was less qualified and turns out was being paid more than I was. And the only reason oh, wow. I could figure out is because he was a man. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is he was my colleague, but my boss was a woman. Uh-huh. And so I found that sort of interesting. And I think one of the rule or one of the things that situation taught me is, you know, you get what you ask for in life. Mm-hmm. And I guess he asked for more money when he came to work there. And that was a very valuable lesson for me. I'm like, you can... You should and can and must always ask because the only thing the other side can say is no. That's true. Yeah, because women are supposed to be polite, right? That's what society tells us. We're supposed to be polite. We're supposed to go along to get along. We're supposed to follow the rules. We're supposed to be pleasers, right? Yeah. We'll talk more about this uh, coming up. Antigone and Carla probably have some more thoughts. This is Lady Talk Live. Call us at 603-435-1105. is Lady Talk Live. <laughs> you are listening to the Free Talk Live Sunday edition and here with you it's Stephanie and Antigone and Carla. Yes, thank you for joining us. We are so happy to have you listening to our show tonight. And uh, the girls have been given the keys to the studio and are now currently running wild at the Free Talk <laughs> Live Liberty Radio Network studio. So Call in with your thoughts, anything that uh, we've been talking about tonight, including uh, attracting women to liberty, feminism, individualism, what have you. Call us at 603-435-1105 and give us your thoughts. Uh, So before the break, uh, we spoke with Jackie, who was uh, talking about uh, attracting women to liberty and said that she considered it a barrier uh, that many women like to... Uh, seek uh, shelter or, or comfort in feminism. And by feminism, I assume she meant uh, basically socialist feminism where uh, people want the government to make laws that protect women, so-called. But as we were saying, those laws do nothing to change the hearts and minds of people so that they'll consider women uh, 
valuable as individuals. And so uh, I believe, Antigone, you had some thoughts that you wanted to share about that? Um, I really like that Jackie brought up uh, natural rights. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the people in general don't understand natural rights. People will bring up, you know, like she mentioned, uh, amending the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not going to you know, give women rights. That's not, you know, right. I mean, just because someone writes something down on a piece of paper, um, that doesn't really change anything. Um, and then as you were saying, um, if, if they politicians, uh, can give people rights, that means they can also take them away. And I don't think that's really valid. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, uh, as we were discussing off air, the Constitution was writ- originally written and didn't consider women to be people. And in fact, it also considered um, black people to be three-fifths of a person for the purpose of representation. I have never heard a more persuasive argument for uh, the Constitution being meaningless. I mean, if you f- if you still find value in that, uh, really, black people are three-fifths of a person, women are three, not people? Come on, <laughs> Carla. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, Personally, as as someone who certainly leans more to the anarchist side of things, um, mm-hmm. I think um, within the liberty movement, for some people, the Constitution can be convincing. I think, um, you know, you don't want to alienate anyone in the sense, you know, there's certainly good people, you know, Ron Paul is a constitutionalist, you know, and, I, you know, I'm sure he would say it's not, you know. Th- that piece of paper is, is <laughs> burning bridges here. <laughs> is um, you know he he you know some people will think that piece of paper is is important. I certainly don't fall in that school of of thought. I think yeah. that you know our our rights are our natural rights. We're born with them. No one can take them away, and certainly not a piece of paper or someone that a majority of people voted for can now fifty one percent of people tell forty nine percent of people what to run their do lives. that makes yeah. I mean it's it's an absurdism. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for calling me out on that. I don't mean to alienate anyone, mm-hmm. but the concept is there that just because somebody writes something down on a piece of paper uh, doesn't mean it's so. And people do have natural rights. I mean, natural rights, uh, which are negative rights in nature, as opposed to, uh, in other words, you have a right to be uh, left alone, right? You have a, le- a right to be uh, not stolen from or not not hurt. You don't have a right to free health care. You don't have a right to other people's uh, money or services. Uh, is that uh, correct? Yeah. In- your view of natural rights. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and it's 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 what you're bo- exactly. Yeah, it's the rights you're born with that are inalienable, whether they're written on a piece of paper or not. And, you right. know, and a lot of people lose sight. I, I saw something today earlier, a clip about um, search and seizure, Fourth Amendment, and it was just amazing the way that it was flipped around, where people now believe, you know, basically the government can do anything hmm. they want, and yeah. It's, you know, I think they were making an argument about um, saying basically you don't need either probable cause, you don't need a warrant, you don't need, you know, it had to do with wiretapping. And just the way the arguments were being made to make that point, they were basically saying, you know, we can search whatever we want, whenever we want. And you, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wasn't there a case? You know, tough uh, luck. There was a case this week that I read about. Um, saying that the government can basically sneak onto your property in the middle of the night. There was a guy who was accused of growing marijuana in California. Did you ladies hear about this? Yep, I have not. Well, there was a guy who was accused of being a marijuana grower in California. And uh, basically, the police were 
were trailing him or investigating him, and they snuck onto his property multiple times in the middle of the night and put GPS tracking devices on his car and used the, uh, the information from those devices to say that, okay, he drove to this field at the, uh, at this time on this day, and he was there for this long, and in those fields there was marijuana found growing, and so they implicated him as the grower. I mean, there's so many things wrong with that situation, like, for instance, the fact that, you know, <laughs> he he grew a plant that the government didn't like, right. and they're going to put him in a cage because of that. Yeah. Ridiculous. But also wrong with it is that, you know, the police were allowed to sneak onto his property in the middle of the night and just track his car without his consent. Right. And actually, um, in that case, I believe what happened was um, his car was parked in his driveway. Right. And the, the courts found that because that's something that's pub- publicly ex- accessible, mm-hmm. um, they didn't need a warrant. Um, right. They could just walk on there. And so imagine. So now, you know, we're already all rent seekers, I guess, because even in New Hampshire, where we don't have an income tax and we don't have a sales tax, we do have a fairly hefty property tax. Yes. And unfortunately, you know, if if you don't pay that money, then they will eventually come and take your house away. So yes. you're renting your property. You're renting your own property. The government. Supposedly. But now not only are you renting your property, um, your driveway is a place where they can just come and tag your car and follow you around. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I know the. I, I think with some place in Arizona, they have um, started testing the drones to mm-hmm. be used internally in America in law enforcement um, actions. Oh, that fly over and check people's speed as they're going yeah. on the highway? Oh, so, so yeah. you know, we're going to have it, you know, you're going to have a little tag on your car. And, and I should mention, there are actually some pretty good technologies out there that can bust these kinds of things. Uh-huh. Um, they're mostly illegal, so obviously you would want to make decisions about that, but you could search on websites. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're the person who's being tracked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they're probably going to find you if they want to anyway, but like, it it just seems like it's so easy for them to just, you know, sneak into your driveway. And of course, the other thing about that, that ruling is that um, people who have uh, garages, fences, other things, uh, maybe, maybe wealthier people that could afford those things uh, have more protection from that kind of uh, invasion of their privacy because they have uh, a garage. Right. And and that's an excellent point. I mean, one one of the things we all know is uh, crap rolls downhill. Right. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, with with so many of these these laws and stuff, I mean, it is the it, it is the marginalized, it's the poor, it's the. Um, you know, it's it's the people that ostensibly people are trying to protect. Yeah, are the worst off, or are always messed with the most. And I get ten points for not swearing once. In that <laughs> sense, good job, gold star. <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, Antigone, you drove across the country for uh, Liberty Caravan, which uh, when uh, when you made your move to New Hampshire, you did a big cross country drive. And I'm sorry, cross continent, because you, you, you like to you like to say cross continent. Uh, but I know that uh, while you were driving, you were telling me that you saw some of these uh, signs on the road that said speed monitored by aircraft or things like that. Did you, Was that right? Um, sure. Yeah, those are all over the place. Yeah. Um, being from California, those are, you know, all along the, those highways. I'm pretty sure there are some of those on the roads in New Hampshire. Wow. I've never seen one of those. Well, see, I thought I, I got out a lot and I was driving around. <laughs> 
I mean, I stand to be so corrected, but I feel like I saw one fairly recently. I may have been on the Vermont side. I mean, I know yeah. when when traveling in the Upper Valley, you know, we're often in New Hampshire and then we're just right across in right. Vermont. Yeah, I, I was exposed to an immigration checkpoint one time going in uh, in Vermont. We can talk about that uh, maybe a little bit more when we come back. You should call us and give us your thoughts. 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. This is Lady Talk Live. This is Lady Talk Live. Welcome back. These are your hosts, Stephanie, Antigone, and Carla. Yes, and we're so glad to have you with us tonight, talking about all things ladies and liberty related. (laughs) And uh, this has spanned the gamut from uh, aerial enforced speed limits and immigration checkpoints to feminism. So you should call in with whatever's on your mind. Call us at 603 Four three five eleven o five, and give us your thoughts. So, uh, ladies, we were talking before the break about um, how all three of us live in the Upper Valley area of New Hampshire, and of course, we moved here as the a part of the Free State Project, which uh, you can check out at freestateproject.org. It's a movement of uh, liberty-loving individuals all moving to New Hampshire to create a freer society. Um, and as part of that, living in the Upper Valley, uh, you know, sometimes we do travel. Uh, interstate i guess you could say we we cross over the border into vermont uh and uh i i believe there's some kind of a rule that the federal government has created for itself it can do immigration checkpoints within 100 miles of any international border and so uh that includes vermont uh well we can talk about immigration checkpoints but i think we're going to uh take some calls because we do have several calls waiting uh if you're on hold please be patient and we're going to go unscreened Who's this? Free Talk Live. Who's this? Are you guys ready to get down? Free t- okay. We're going to take our next call on screen. Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hi. Hi. Who's this? This, this, is, this is Matt from Illinois. Hi, Matt. What's on your mind tonight? Hi, ladies. I had to call in because there's three ladies on Free Talk Live. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we appreciate that. Although Antigone's kind of grimacing because... <laughs> We're three wonderful people. Isn't that right? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Car- Carla did a wonderful job at Porkfest this year. Oh, thank you and so I much. This would I... be a great opportunity to say thank you to Carla. Oh, thank you. I, I, so I appreciate that. What did you enjoy most at Porkfest this year? Um, I really, really enjoyed uh, Big uh, Big Gay Buzz's dance party. I, that was <laughs> I think very, we very all fun. enjoyed that. <laughs> I got to I got to actually swing around a pole and and strip and I just felt so free. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you make any money? <laughs> I made a dollar. Wow, yes. some budding agorism well, there. Well, little lady put a dollar in my pants. Wow, was was I? I thought that was uh, that was just great. Awesome. And then I gave it to to Big Gay Buzz for for next year's party. So I'm looking forward to that. I am sure she appreciated that. And, of course, Carla, we should mention, is the organizer of Porcupine Freedom Festival. I am the ex-organizer. Yeah. Now I just <laughs> get to do the fun parts. Awesome. Um, yeah. You know, we, we try and do it where, you know, someone does it for two years and then you hand it off. That way we can keep it fresh and keep it interesting. 
And um, sure. So can you can say fun. who's the organizer <laughs> for 2011 Porkfest? Um, as far as I know, it's Curtis uh, Fenimore. And cool. that may not be entirely official yet, but I think by <laughs> announcing it here, we make it all the more <laughs> official. You heard it first on Lady Talk Live. <laughs> Curtis is doing Porkfest next year, whether he wants to or not. <laughs> I, I do believe that, you know, the board is still weighing in on all of that. I, uh-huh. I, I think the only real hesitation is, you know, like many of us, Curtis is facing um, some charges as a result of his activism and um, his trial will be coming up. And so it's really Mm -hmm. just an issue of weighing those things up. Yes. And if you want to go support Curtis, uh, his legal defense fund, you can go to cdevolution.org. That's the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund headed by our uh, good friend Jason Talley and many others. So uh, uh, go go there and show Curtis some love. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else on your mind, Matt? Well, I'm I'm looking for work in New Hampshire, and if I can find something, if by some miracle I'm able to get out there before uh, next summer's pork fest, then I'd be happy to volunteer too. Sweet, thank you very much. Well, and we certainly, you know, wish you all the best of luck with your job search. What kind of area are you looking? I'm looking into uh, the local vending machine uh, merchants. Uh, I can do. I can. I have experience filling vending machines, collecting money from vending machines. And repairing them. So mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to look up as many uh, vending machine companies in the area as I can, and hopefully I can find some kind of work there. Is vending machines the same as arcade machines? Because I do know there's one of the America's largest arcade center or something, Fun Spot, Sunspot, something. Fun Spot. <laughs> Sunspot. <laughs> really? Um, I, if you can remember their name, I'd look them up. They're not the exact same, but I do have experience with uh, arcade machines. Okay, well, you know, we we certainly hope that all of that goes well for you. We love hearing that people come to Porkfest and then move out here. So we're we're hoping to see you here soon. Yes, we okay, are. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks for the call, Matt. And uh, we do have another call on the line. We're going to unscreened. Hello, you're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hi, this is Dee out of California. Hi, Dee. Uh, what are you calling about tonight? I just wanted to uh, report that um, on Fox this weekend, yesterday, they had a a show on about um, the big uh, fake uh, climate change. Uh-huh. Kind of blew it right out of the water. I mean, they really laid it out that it's all fake. And, and I've never seen Fox actually tell so much truth in one hour. It was shocking. I see. Well, I didn't see that uh, myself. Uh, could you give us the executive summary? What did they? What were they saying I specifically? Called, I believe it was called. Um, oh my God! The the big swindle. I think that's what they call it. The big swindle, and it was and it basically laid out the plot about how climate change is all about. You know the cap and trade that they already had set up at the Chicago Exchange, and you know how how millions of uh, rich people were already profiting off it before it even got started. You know, with the whole the whole fake scheme about uh, buying these carbon credits. You know, and that's supposed yeah. to if you you know if you if you want to pollute, you know, all you got to do is buy carbon credits, and and, and you're okay to pollute, you pollute as much as you want. You know. Yeah, I think uh, cap and trade, uh, unfortunately, is sometimes very very wrongly called a uh, free market solution to uh, the problem of global warming. And first of all, you know, there are many things wrong with that statement. The government creates an artificial market, basically, for uh, these credits that uh, companies can buy in exchange for the 
permission, the government permission to release certain amounts of CO2 into the air. And so if they're basically the, you know, wealthiest companies uh, can buy these permits or whatever, and they can also buy them from other companies. Is that is that right, ladies? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Right. And so also, it's an I mean, artificial. It, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, it has absolutely, we all know it absolutely has nothing to do with helping the environment. I mean, if you look at their paper, I mean, they say carbon dioxide is a poison. I mean, my God, if yeah. we don't have carbon dioxide, you, me, and everybody else die. Right, I mean, and all the trees would die. <laughs> and all yeah, of us are exactly. exhaling CO2 at every moment. Should we yeah. all just stop breathing? Are we just, you know? Yeah, that we're walking pollutants. <laughs> if you look in their papers, that is listed as a pollutant. And, the, you know, they yeah. need to get rid of that. Yeah, I so, believe I mean, the that, military that's... is actually the biggest polluter. The U.S. military is the biggest uh, polluter in the country. Is that right? Probably yeah. in the world. Yeah, when... Probably. Since I it's probably the yeah, biggest probably one in the world. In the world. Yeah, and without without China, you know, doing it, I mean, it's ridiculous to say that would even it would it would even change anything. I mean, China's another. I mean, just awful. Yeah, I I have to say, um, I wouldn't want to tell anyone, uh, you know, what to do as far as us, you know, putting CO two out into the air. And um, I certainly don't think that the government is the solution to solve uh, environmental problems. Is that all that was on your mind? Give me final thoughts. That, that's it. Thank, Thank you. you so much for the call. So uh, what do you ladies think about that? Uh, CO2 as a poison? Are we all just killing each other by breathing? Isn't, <laughs> isn't methane a bigger um, greenhouse gas than CO2? Well, yeah, but that, of course, that is comes from the cows. <laughs> the slippery slope yeah. argument where, I mean, in New Zealand, I believe, and, and other places in the world, they have instituted a, a can I say fart on air? <laughs> I think you can say fart. Carla. Okay, there's a, a fart tax. Um, really? For, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Where if you know because of the levels of methane that go into the air, they are Oy. taxing certain heads of cattle and sheep and um, stuff. So you know, I'm pretty sure it's only a matter of time. You know, if we do believe in the Orwellian 1984 thing, it's it's only a matter of time before you too may have to pay the fart tax. <laughs> We certainly don't want that. And and getting back to cap and trade, I mean, does anybody really think, I, I love Gardner Goldsmith, he talks about it like Cap'n Crunch, you know, Cap, <laughs> cap and Trade, <laughs> like it's a cereal made of CO2. <laughs> but um, it's, it's a government created quote unquote market. I don't even think you could call it a market because it wouldn't exist in a, in a free society, right. absent the context of government. And so they're creating this artificial market and then they're saying, give us money for this privilege. Uh, it's just completely cockamamie it's backwards. It's like owning the airwaves. It is. That is also another bad idea. We'll come back with more Lady Talk Live, 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. Give us a call. This is Lady Talk Live. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. This is your host, Stephanie, and with you in the studio, I have Antigone and Carla. Yes, I'm so happy you ladies are here. This has been really fun so far. We're starting the second hour of the show. And if you would like to call in and give us your thoughts on whatever's on your mind, you can call us at 603 435 1105. And bring up whatever's on your mind. 
But right now we are we've been talking about sort of I guess you could say women's issues throughout the whole show. <laughs> Not about, you know, tampons and stuff, but <laughs> going to say that sounded a little nasty. <laughs> But where'd the smart, intelligent part go? <laughs> <laughs> well, I if I neglected to say it, I am here in studio with two of the classiest, smartest ladies that I know. And so I'm very glad that you both are here. Thank you very much. And um, I was saying, you know, we've been talking about women in liberty, women in the liberty movement, individualism, feminism, uh, all kinds of stuff related to that. Uh, and there was a story on Free Talk Live that caught my eye, uh, partially because, you know, I'm interested in uh, police accountability, I guess you could say. I, I don't want to say police brutality because I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in having that go away. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, Adam from copblock.org calls his website a pro-police accountability website. And I really like that phrase because it sounds uh, very positive and it encompasses the meaning. Uh, well, we, we will get to the story in a few minutes, but um, we do have a call on hold. I think we're going to bring this person on. Free Talk Live, who's this? Hey, Upper Valley ladies, it's Buzz. Woo! Hey, 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 Buzz. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you called in, Buzz. What's on your mind? Oh, you girls tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Are you watching the cam? We can say hi to you. Here, I'm waving uh, to actually, you right now. <laughs> actually, no, I'm... I'm actually on the cell phone side of Grafton right now. Oh, tropical Grafton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to call in before I go to the no cell phone zone of the awesome. Grafton. What, yeah, speaking of intelligent, classy women, Buzz is, uh, definitely fits that description, too. So we are glad that you called in. What, and, Buzz, oh. you were saying, what's the no cell phone side of Grafton called? Uh, yeah. I think normal Grafton. <laughs> Maybe. What do you ladies think? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, put a shout out and welcome the the newest Liberty ladies uh, to our community, oh. uh, Mariana and um, yes, and uh, her daughter Emma. Yeah, yeah. We are so, so we happy have- to have them here. They're like, well, Mar- Mariana at least is uh, an awesome uh, lady, and she's. She's very uh, prolific on on Facebook, uh, networking with all of us, and it's it's really nice to have her uh, here in person. So welcome. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's good to have them here, and um, and you too, Buzz. Yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> I'm just you know kind of kind of visiting uh, for now. Free talk, but, uh, love. Be- this is a love fest tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's hour number three. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> just, just put me on hold. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you know, speaking of liberty ladies, we need some liberty lesbians up here. I tell yes. you, man, I'm I'm like I'm like the the lost lesbian and liberty lesbian. land here. <laughs> the lost lesbian buzzing around. <laughs> I well, am the New Hampshire liberty lesbian. So there you what, have it, Buzz. I wanted to ask you. I've I've been uh, kind of curious. I I know you're probably one of the only uh, lesbians I know that's interested in uh, liberty, but um, there are a lot of women who I think identify as as bisexual. So yeah. um, are you are you interested in bisexual women too, or just just lesbians? Well, um, culturally, it's it's you know no offense to bisexual women anywhere. I've dated bisexual women before, right? But um, culturally, it's just a it's just a little different. Yes, um, that's I've heard that before. So I was curious if you uh, subscribe to that. So, oh well, yeah, I'm I'm actually looking for a true 
you know, died in the wall, uh, yes. lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so lesbians, if you're out there and listening, give Buzz a call. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, there's someone saying, oh, why don't you go to Portsmouth or why don't you go to a gunquit? Um, cause there's lots of, I'm like, yeah, but they're all statist. Right. <laughs> so, um, it's really hard to find the liberty-minded lesbians in the world. You know, and that's um, so curious to me, Buzz, because um, it's... Uh, Buzz's cell phone is a little bit... Buzz uh, is buzzing. Yeah, Buzz is buzzing. Can you still hear us, Buzz? Are you in tropical Grafton? Yeah. <laughs> Are you on the road, or can you stand still or go back to where you were? Uh, it's a little bit yeah, better now. Um, I think we're good. Okay. So, Carla, maybe you fin- finish your thought. <laughs> uh, Buzz, we're going we're gonna to maybe put you on hold for a minute. You, you'll still be able to hear us, but... Let's put Buzz on hold. So, Carla, what were you saying about uh, about liberty-minded lesbians? Well, I was just, uh, I was actually curious, and, and I wanted Buzz to weigh in on, you know, sort of what maybe her path to liberty was and whether, oh, yeah. in some ways, I mean, I'm not always sure it's, it's fair to say, okay, I'm going to go there, but they're all statists. Perhaps statists are just people we haven't convinced yet. And oh, I yeah. think from, from a standpoint of, you know, advocacy and, um, persuasion and all of these things that we believe in if we're going to create a voluntary society and we're going to take away the force of government, that means that, you know, we, we shouldn't look at it in such black and white terms. I mean, I know it's hard. I, I, um, you know, in my real world, world, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people are status, but I think there are opportunities. And I also don't understand within the gay and lesbian community, I feel like we should have tons of gay and lesbian people oh, moving yeah. here because it's a natural fit. They're getting screwed by the system. Yeah, a lot of them believed in Obama was going to help them. And then they got, you know, basically marginalized by him, too. Yeah, big surprise. A politician yeah, who course. lied. <laughs> so should we should we try Buzz again? Let's see. Buzz, are you still there? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. great. Um, Your cell phone sounds much better um, now. What do you think about okay. what Carla said? Um, well, you know, the same, you know, I'm, I'm getting to the age now that I saw the exact same thing happen with the Obama election. Mm. It happened with the Bill Clinton election, too. You know? Wow. Um, yeah. Gays and lesbians kind of got screwed back then, too. And, and they just, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's just um, empty words every four years. And um, But how do we make people used, see that? Well, well, they're just, you know, how do you how do you make the Republicans see that too? I mean, the the gays and lesbians flock always to the to the Democrats, as though Democrats are going to save them. But you know, it's just it's just a part of the, part of the game um, that they play. It's just empty rhetoric, and um, they yeah. just get used as a voting block. And um, the Democrats can pretty much have the gay and lesbian vote in the bag. Now, I'm I I was in my twenties during. Uh, the AIDS crisis, and oh, yeah. you know, um, Reagan—he didn't even say the word AIDS publicly until 1987. And by mm-hmm. that point in time, 27,000 Americans, straight, gay, black, white, Hispanic—you you name it—had already died before Reagan could even say the words AIDS in public. AIDS oh. in public, and at that point, um, he—he didn't even. He made it into a morality issue. His statement was like a total morality. Well, you know, you deserve it, basically. Oh. You know, oh, he made it into so a total morality issue. So what had happened with the gay and lesbian community as a result was, you know, not only was the government not helping people who were dropping like flies because of this horrible disease, um, they started to make their own mutual aid and nonprofit 
organizations, mm-hmm. and those those groups still flourish today. I don't understand why um, the gay and lesbian community, you know, still think that the government is here to help you, especially after that happened. The government wouldn't even acknowledge that you existed. Absolutely, you know? so um, it's but, so well said. It's great to but, get your but, perspective on that. Much less help you. They're not. They're not going to help you. And um, if I, I don't, I don't know why um, everybody just keeps getting fooled every four years because you know the gay and lesbian community is being used as nothing more than a voting block. And, yeah. Um, so um, how, Buzz? Yeah. How do you think is the best way to approach um, gay and lesbian people with the message of liberty? Have you had success well, with that? Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be one of my. Um, uh, focal, focal points uh, with outright libertarians, the uh, gay libertarians. Um, ah, yeah. Thanks for plugging them. <laughs> at, right. At, at some point, uh, when I finally get settled, we'll uh, we'll get that cranking. And, and um, um, you know, I guess I'm just going to have to go out into the world to a lot of gay bars and do some outreach. <laughs> well, that'll be hard work. <laughs> Maybe we'll yeah, join you, Buzz. Do it, you know? <laughs> reach out. That's you know, right, and, and Buzz. You, you got more to say? Hang on a sec. We'll we'll bring you back. More with Buzz in a minute. This is Lady Talk Live. You can give us a call, 603-435-1105. More with Buzz when we return. This is Lady Talk Live, otherwise known as Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. This is Stephanie. Antigone. And Carla. Yes, and I'm so happy to be here with you ladies. This has just been a femaled-out edition of Free Talk Live, and I'm really happy about that. We've been talking about some great stuff tonight. Uh, If you want to call and give us your thoughts, you should call us at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. Right now, uh, we're talking with Buzz. Uh, Buzz is on the line calling from New Hampshire. Buzz, are you there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like your attitude, Buzz. <laughs> well, so so before the break, uh, we were talking with Buzz about, um, Buzz is a, a lesbian, right? And uh, oh, yeah. we were talking about doing uh, liberty outreach to the gay and lesbian community and uh, talking about how they've been historically marginalized by various politicians and uh, basically just uh, getting them up here to New Hampshire, getting them to hear the message of liberty and... Uh, what do you think about that buzz? Oh, I think that would that would uh, just rock my world. <laughs> just, uh, get some uh, gay and lesbian populace up here. Um, you know, the thing is with um, gays and lesbians. I mean, they're they they're like the original civil disobedience. Uh, you know, uh, not original, but um, uh, you know, like Act Up New York when um, when Reagan was uh, ignoring the gay and lesbian community. Mm-hmm. Um, um, those those guys, wow! What what great activists they were! Right, and um, Stonewall in San yeah, Francisco. And sure, we have a long proud history of uh, not getting along with the police. <laughs> Can you talk a little uh, bit about Stonewall, Buzz? Because I don't know if many people know exactly what that is. Well, if you if you even go even further back than that, um, the Stonewall Inn is a, a little gay bar in uh, New York City, and. Um, uh, gay bars were historically have been raided ever since World War II when, when people, uh, when the war ended and people started moving to cities and stuff, you know, that's when little, uh, little gay speakeasy bars were, uh, starting to pop up, you know, you know underground mm-hmm. bars. And 
you know, the cops would just come in and beat people and throw them in jail and harass them. And, and you know, uh, at, at that point, you know, back then, it was still considered a mental disorder to be gay, you know. And, That's uh, right. Yeah, it was in the uh, the DSM uh, Diagnostic Statistical Manual of uh, Mental Illnesses was homosexuality. Absolutely. They removed that in the 1970s. Just shows how yeah. kind of arbitrary those are de- decided by committee. But uh, go on, <laughs> sorry, Buzz. Uh, yeah, so so I can't remember how many days it was, but it was it was just basically the gays fought back, fought back against the cops, and it was like a stand down. And it, wow, um, in at the Stonewall Inn in uh, New York, and uh, they were just like, you know, enough's enough. Finally, you know, they, they just had too many buttons pushed over the years, and just too much, you know, being harassed. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're being treated as a second-class citizen. And, and I think some know, of that still exists today. I mean, you absolutely. know, there it's are a still, lot of... It still does. There are a lot of intolerant um, people out there and, uh, you know, who who say that uh, homosexuality is, is a choice and it's, oh, I've heard things like it's a lifestyle I disagree with or something like that. Well, what are you talking about? Someone's Someone's born a certain way. Why shouldn't they be who they truly are? Exactly. I mean, I look back, and uh, my first crushes were always on women, and when I was a little kid. Yeah. So I don't think it, it was ever a choice. I I just had to go through a lot of denial. <laughs> and and before, there, I, before I came out, there's also you know a sort of uh, a sadness in the parallel where you know maybe today we don't see the raids on the gay clubs anymore, but we do see raids on organic farmers. And we see raids on pot people, peaceful people growing pot, you know, where it's legal, like a place like California, where the feds and the DEA and the local police will still go in. And so, you know, even when the issues change, this is another compelling argument to say, doesn't it make, you know, isn't it clear to everyone that, you know, government's a bad guy because all they do is they look around and they find some other victim. Yeah. Some, it's, it's the I morality think so police. Many people have many been indoctrinated. So many people have been indoctrinated, though, to think that, but only government can fix the problem. But know? they create uh, the problems. Exactly, <laughs> you know, if they just let exactly. people be, why couldn't you have a cute little gay bar somewhere in a speakeasy where people serve drugs? Uh, sorry, <laughs> that was Freudian. <laughs> um, you know, but but the question begs to be asked, but. I did want to circle back with you, Buzz, to um, sort of outreach ideas. I think one of the things um, that people were so excited about at ParkFest, you know, we had a caller earlier who said, my favorite thing was Buzz's big gay dance party. And I can actually see that becoming a huge outreach opportunity. Right. Wasn't that a great day? That was so (laughs) fun. Awesome. (laughs) That's the best time I had. (laughs) Uh, it, it just went off without a hitch, and I just thank everybody for their help and uh, everybody that came. And uh, whoever that was that called in, thanks for plugging my party. That's awesome. <laughs> well, for that matter, uh, uh, talking about Porkfest, what about the uh, state free marriages that were performed at Porkfest? I believe there were also two women who got married. I think, uh, Buzz, let's get your thoughts about this, but uh, I think that the issue of uh, marriage equality is kind of a good uh, one to do outreach on because... Uh, the real issue is not, you know, who should be allowed by the government to get married. The real issue is that why is the government issuing marriage licenses to begin with? And the thing I would ask heterosexual people um, who are, you know, they say that they're against gay marriage. Well, it, you know, if your marriage is a covenant between you, your your husband or wife, and your creator, um, why do you need the state to sanction your marriage? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I mean, why do you need why do you need permission from the government? Why does the state need to sanction your marriage? It's it's between you, your partner, and your creator. Um, so. It's because um, they want the hundred dollars for the license. That's what it's all about. It's well, and all they also about. want to control who gets who gets married. I mean, initially, a wasn't it a, a to stop interracial marriages? Yes. I mean, I know that yeah, up until um, nineteen ninety three, it was still in the books in Alabama that blacks oh and whites boy. couldn't marry. Nineteen ninety three. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney actually drug out that law. Um, uh, when gay marriage in Massachusetts uh, was came up, he actually uh, was going to arrest town clerks in uh, Massachusetts who performed marriages to people from out of state. Oh. He, he dragged out that, you know, that 60-, 70-year-old law that was still on the books that was so obsolete um, and used it to stop, try to stop gay marriages in Massachusetts. Is that the same Mitt Romney who walked away from a uh, sick person in a wheelchair and wouldn't engage on the whole debate of oh, medicinal marijuana? The guy who weighed 80 I don't pounds. Even, I yeah. don't know, but it's the same Mitt Romney that, is, you know, is the precursor to Obamacare. Um, you know, yeah. you've got uh, Romney care going on in, in Massachusetts, which is the uh, the blueprint for Obamacare. So mm. um, maybe people can figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I can't it, figure it out what. Matter if they're Democrat or Republican, you see. It doesn't yeah, matter. Buzz. I mean, <laughs> I, if you, I'm so glad that you're you're you called in tonight to talk about this because I think it's so important to get this stuff out there. I mean, maybe the show could even be used as a tool to uh, to do outreach and expose people who are interested to the ideas of liberty. And um, what would you do? I mean, if you could if you could go to every gay bar in New Hampshire and and hand out the world's smallest political quiz or talk to people, what would you do? Um, see how many crazy girls I could get to dance with? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the call, Buzz. Tonight. Thanks for hanging with Thank us. You. Gay <laughs> girls are a big inspiration. Thanks so much. You too, Buzz. We love Buzz. Bye. <laughs> and you can call in and share your thoughts with us. 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. This is Lady Talk Live. Thank you for tuning in. These are your hosts here, Stephanie, Antigone, and Carla. Yes, and we are so glad to have you with us tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We've been talking about all kinds of interesting things tonight, uh, spanning the gamut from uh, gays and lesbians interested in the message of liberty to feminism to uh, uh, immigration checkpoints and all kinds of other interesting topics. If you would like to call in and give us your thoughts, please give us a call at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. I think we're going to take another call. We have another call on the line. Free Talk Live, who's this? Hi, this is Chaz from Indiana. Hi, Chaz. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, Well, first of all, I'm very, very pleased to be uh, having a chance to call the inaugural version of uh, She Talk Live. Oh, She, she Talk, Talk Live. Live. That's a new one. <laughs> I like Why that. Nobody thought of that. Okay. Um, it's interesting that we talked about things like uh, uh, the environmental issues, um, gay and lesbian issues, and also, um, well, just feminism as well, too. Uh-huh. And, and it kind of all ties in together and stuff as far as I'm concerned. It seems like each one of those, um, you know, those issues, each, each one of the... Uh, 
the ones that that there was kind of been co-opted by by socialist elements or just people just obsessed with control, if nothing else. You know, uh, if you try to um, attack any element of feminism, it's, it's all right away. It's like, oh, do you hate women? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And That's I, why I, I wanted like to emphasize. Women. I'm sorry, yeah. Chaz. That's why I wanted to emphasize that, uh, you know, obviously we we don't hate women. We just don't think that any uh, group of people uh, should be endowed with, you know, special privileges over everyone else by the government. And of course that is, you know, that is forceful. The government does enforce those things. We want, uh, we want people to uh, value us as individuals and, uh, you know, want to pay us the same as, as a man because we're, we're worthwhile and because they truly believe that, you know, women and men are equal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But sadly enough, uh, feminism broke away from that. It, it, it got totally away from the idea of equality, and it just basically, you know, went to, went to um, nanny government and says, oh, no, we need protection from us. Us poor little feeble uh, females, you know, have to be protected. And that's hogwash. And, and I'm sure that all of you can agree on that. It's, just, it's absurd. It's gotten away from what its original thing was, just like with environmentalism. Environmentalism is, is, is all about uh, socialism. You, you uh, try to talk to an environmentalist and say, hey, you know what, we should have um, you know, take the handcuffs off of off of um, businesses that want to create like solar cars. Oh no, no! Somebody might make an honest buck off of that. We can't do any of that business. Yeah, what are you talking about? You're pointing you know? out, Chaz, how the government, uh, you know, basically keeps the biggest businesses uh, entrenched and keeps props them up while preventing uh, competition from smaller businesses from rising because there are just so many multitudes of regulations and, and laws that they have to follow and licenses that they have to pay for and taxes, don't forget. And so really a, a new regulation to a small company is could potentially a crushing blow. I mean, uh, but well, to a big company, you know, they can afford to hire a few more lawyers. So what, what is it to them? It reminds me of the, uh, the story about uh, from a while ago about testing children's toys for lead paint. Yeah. Did you ladies hear about oh, that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and basically what that did was it required um, companies that make toys marketed to children to test them for lead uh, in all of their components. And the testing could cost, you know, $1,000 per toy. And so every every single unique uh, toy that they made, they would have to do that. And and that basically just crushed these small businesses who were making handmade uh, blocks. I heard an interview with a gentleman who made uh, handmade teddy bears, and, and they just couldn't afford to do that. But the, you know, the big companies like Mattel, uh, in some cases, you know, they could either easily afford it, or in some cases, they were even exempted because they had yeah, political they, connections. Yeah, they piggybacked that also with uh, uh, used clothing. They said, "Oh no, no, this used clothing could have lead in it." Right. Uh, yeah, but guess what? You just put. Uh, you know, you've hurt the poor, the people, you know, because rich people, they don't buy secondhand clothes unless they want to buy secondhand clothes. You have hurt the poorest people in society, and all of these laws and stuff have hurt the poor. I mean, if, if you're a socialist out there in Radio Land listening to this show, and you support government uh, solutions for anything, then I think you're a moron. I'm sorry if I said that. <laughs> Tell us I, how you really feel, Jess. You know, you know uh, why, why help your, your jailer? To uh, you know, say, oh, here's the keys. Uh, point me to my cell, you know, and that's that's what it's all about. Thanks, ladies. I'm gonna let some other callers get in here and let you all talk. And thank and you, Chaz. And I hope that we can do this uh, a whole lot more in the future and stuff. I think you guys are doing a fine job. Thank you so Bye. much, Chaz. We appreciate the call. Wow, high compliments from Chaz there. <laughs>
<laughs> I think you ladies are doing a fantastic job. And of course, it's expected because you're classy, you're intelligent, you're beautiful. You've got it all going on. Uh, and don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, something that he was saying, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought, but something that, that he was saying, uh, you know, about... Uh, basically these government programs just just hurting the poor reminded me of uh, an issue that I was thinking of, and that was um, food. There, And what I mean by that is there's a lot of food that basically uh, is sold by grocery stores and, and things that kind of expire, like maybe day-old bread or um, meat that's been in the free- fridge for a little while or maybe fruits and vegetables that are just starting to turn that gets thrown away. So, right. so that stuff gets, gets thrown away. And oftentimes, I mean, it's, it's basically perfectly good, especially if you eat it right away. And so um, I was talking with someone uh, at one point about the food that just gets thrown away. And the person said, oh, you know, it's capitalism that leads to all this waste. Now, Capitalism is kind of a loaded term. I don't particularly like that word. And and in fact, some people like like uh, Kevin Carson, for instance, use it particularly to confuse. Like they, they use capitalism to mean corporatism, right. which, crony capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't particularly like that word. But this person basically uh, was saying that capitalist, the capitalist system allows all this waste and this food to be thrown away. And uh, my argument was that, no, oftentimes it's government regulations which prevent stores from selling day-old food at reduced price and prevent them from giving it away to homeless shelters. I mean, in fact, you know, we've we've seen stories that say uh, people are prevented from donating game meat to to homeless shelters because they were worried about it would be contaminated by parasites or something like that. And so in many cases, uh, Chaz is right. The government just hurts the, the poorest of the poor by, you know, preventing them from getting used clothing, maybe day-old food that isn't fit to be sold at full price. What do you, uh, what do you ladies think of that, Antigone? I think the government is a tool that some people use to exploit other people. And, yeah, it's usually the poorest people that get the shortest end of the stick. And there are lots of people out there with really good intentions. And we end up with all these laws because, you know, someone sued somebody over some meat that, you know, they weren't happy with. And then they lobbied, you know, their their people, their representatives, as a lot of people call them. And all of a sudden it's some law and there's no logic used. There's no discretion. There's no nothing. And, it's a uh, knee-jerk I mean, reaction. Of course. And, like, Americans are really, really wasteful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the food being thrown out. I know that, like, at restaurants and stuff, at, like, fast food joints, you have to throw it out. Um, because of regulations? Uh, yeah, it's illegal to, to hand out, you know, what you have afterwards. At least, I mean, I know in California it is. Uh-huh. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was a, a pretty big law in other states. Yeah, I'm interested in hearing from anyone who maybe has worked at a grocery store or a fast food place. What have your experiences been with trying to give food away to the poor? I mean, I know uh, you can call us, by the way, at 603-435-1105, 603-435-1105, if you want to tell us about your experiences. But I know that sometimes, you know, uh, food establishments just kind of get around these things by throwing away their day-old food wrapped up in, in double bags. I mean, I, I know someone in my life who who said that when he was in college and was kind of you know struggling to get by, he would basically go dumpster dive and just fish out a bag of perfectly good tailed bagels from the bagel place. And right. it was it was fine because they would they would just double bag it because they weren't allowed to give those bagels away to the local homeless shelter. So 
Any any final thoughts, Carla, about that? Uh, no. You look like you were getting ready to say something. I, I was, but then the music started. I'm sorry about that. I'm just blathering. I need to give you ladies the podium a little bit more often. If you're interested in sharing your thoughts with us, call us at 603-435-1105. Thank you for listening to Lady Talk Live. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. 603-435-1105. You're listening to Lady Talk Live, otherwise known as Free Talk Live. We also had some interesting uh, other names for us tonight, including She Talk Live, Female Talk Live, (laughs) Free Talk Lady. (laughs) And with you tonight uh, on Free Talk Live, this is Stephanie and Antigone and Carla. Yes. And I'm so glad to be here with you, with uh, ladies. I know I keep saying that. I know it's a huge love fest, but I'm really enjoying this show, and I think uh, our listeners are probably enjoying it, too. Uh, and if you want to check us out live, you can go to freetalklive.com. That's uh, the website of the show. And check out the, uh, the cam. You can watch us uh, do what we do in person. Anyway, uh, before we went to break, we had a call on the line, and I wanted to make sure uh, to get to that call. It's Rich calling from New Hampshire. Rich, are you there? I am indeed. Hello. And howdy. Listen, <laughs> I have a I have a story about food and waste and recycling. Awesome. Yes. Now, just to give a brief recap, before we went to break, we were talking about uh, grocery stores and food, fast food chains and other restaurants that basically throw away uh, food that is maybe starting to turn or a little bit uh, older, but is basically still edible uh, and they throw it away of course because government regulations in some cases prohibit them from donating it to food banks and uh, selling it at reduced price or just giving it away to people in front of the store. So what what would you want to talk about Rich? Yeah so when I was living in Missoula Montana we had this food co-op like business it was a called the good food store Uh and they had this recycle bin and people were Putting in, bringing in uh, used egg cartons, jars, you know, things that were reusable and or recyclable. Uh-huh. And so one of the big items was was reused egg cartons. Okay? okay. And all of a sudden, one day, there's a sign posted above this above this crate that said, "We are no longer allowed." to accept egg cartons mm. by state law because there could be... Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway, but here's what's ironic about it, and that is that that eggs are... When when the, the chicken hatches the egg, it is covered with a mucosal covering. Ah, yes. Yeah, we're familiar about, with that because uh, one of our friends has a farm where she has many chickens. And so uh, she says that as long as the eggs are coated with this stuff, uh, they can be kept at room temperature for a while. Is that right? Right. As a matter of fact, I've seen, I've worked on numerous farms and I actually watched a chicken lay an egg. It's just perfect timing as I'm collecting the eggs. She drops one and, I, and I, it comes out wet and then it very quickly dries. Uh-huh. And that dried mucosal layer serves as a protection. Now, once you wash the egg, you remove that protective layer, and it dramatically uh, affects 
time that it, that the egg will stay fresh. Uh-huh. So naturally, when you're collecting eggs, they're full of many of them are full of chicken doo doo, and if they don't have chicken doo doo on them, they're they've been in a nest where there is or was chicken doo doo, uh-huh. and so the the notion that these egg cartons should be clean for your protection is utterly absurd. Ah, so that, that was what you were getting at, that the state banned the recycling of egg cartons because they were dirty, uh, presumably covered by chicken uh, poop. Because, because they <laughs> might be dirty. They might be dirty, yeah. Well, you Obviously, have to keep everyone safe. If it saves just one life, then it's worth it. Right, Rich? Right, right. <laughs> and, and this is just one example of bureaucrats passing laws Bureaucrats who know nothing about the subject in question. And that, yeah. and that could be applicable to so many other things. Like, for example, you mentioned before Mitt Romney um, dis- dismissing a marijuana patient or a cancer patient or some, some sort of disease. I've seen the video mm-hmm. where he basically says, I don't believe in medical marijuana. And this is a guy who relies on marijuana to save his life. Yeah, the, the, the absolute hubris and sort of ridiculousness of that kind of God. I mean, it's almost a God complex that these people suffer from. Why do they exactly. think they can decide for us? Quite frankly, if I want to buy chickens with chicken poop on them, who's to say I can't? Eggs. Exactly. Eggs. <laughs> eggs, eggs, eggs with chicken You could poop. buy chickens with chicken poop on them, too, if you wanted to, Carla. <laughs> no, absolutely right. And by extension, if you want to put uh, drugs in your body that might be harmful to you or other food and food additives or salt. That's another subject that came up not long ago where the government is trying to protect us from salt. Yes, that's right. You wrote the article on that one, Stephanie. I did. And I I believe uh, I also spoke about it on Rich's show, NH Liberty Radio. Rich, by the way, from uh, NHLibertyRadio.com. Is that right? That that is correct. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're saying that the government is trying to protect us from all these, uh, you know, bad boogeymen out there, germs in food, dirty eggs, uh, day-old bread. I mean, really, do you need protection from day-old bread? If you do, you should call in 603-435-1105. These politicians and bureaucrats, they're, they're lawyers, they're ex-military, they're not teachers, they're not doctors, they're not scientists, and they're making laws about, you know, all this, all this stuff. I mean... The Department of Education and why, like, a politician knows how to teach children is, you know, beyond me. Yeah. Um, right. So, I mean, they were lobbied by one person who didn't like doo-doo on, on her eggs and or his <laughs> eggs. And, and then they got bestowed with the ring of power and they Indeed. banned they banned uh, chicken poop from the chicken coop. Nice. It wasn't nice, actually. <laughs> Rich, uh, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. anything else you want to say? Yeah, just... Just, I just wanted to point out that if there's one thing that we the people need to be protected from, it's the government itself and the corporations that control it. Very well said, Rich. I don't think you'll find any disagreement here. And we thank you so much for your call tonight. Well, thank you. Keep it up. <laughs> we sure will. And let's go to another call. We've got someone uh, calling Free Talk Live. Uh, who's there? 
Hello, ladies. It's Mama Allie from Savannah, Georgia. How y'all doing? Hi, Hi Mama Hi. Allie. Thank you for calling Lady Talk Live. What's on your mind? Welcome. Of course, I had to call and show support for the ladies in the freedom movement. Hell yes. <laughs> um, I definitely wanted to talk about the food issue you guys are talking about. Um, I definitely want to tell you guys the benefits of running a free market restaurant. We run at about uh, 3% or less waste. Which wow. You can go into any regular restaurant that's out there in the business, you're not going to get anything less than 15, 10 to 15% at least. And that's on a good day. That's on a good day there. So you can tell by giving the people the choice that you can run a tighter ship and have less waste if you go to the free market side of restaurants rather than staying in the corporate side of restaurants for sure. It's See. much better for everybody. You know, waste is bad for everybody. And, is that because... You know, not Mama Ellie, is that because uh, you're not subject to the uh, regulations? Like, do you do you just not produce as much waste, or do you give what would normally be waste away to like homeless people or people in need? Absolutely, anything that's fixing to go, we cook it up, and if we can't sell it, we give it away, mm. and we don't have to ask anybody to do that. Awesome, you know what I mean? So, and you're helping and, people and by it, doing that. What's wrong with that? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we trade it for all kinds of stuff. We trade it for help for our neighbors. We trade it for. All kinds of stuff. You know, you can trade food that is fixing to go, you know. And if you being in the food business as long as I have, which is all my life, I'm going to tell you right now, the limitations that they have on food right now are freaking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, you go camping. Tell me how, how much longer your food lasts than they say it will. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Just do, do your own test. You know what I mean? On, on, on what makes your stomach hurt and what doesn't. And you'll find out all by yourself that it doesn't. It's not the same as what they're saying it is, not by far. Sure, and I think I think if you go to any if you go to any restaurant or or food place, there's I've still gotten food poisoning from completely you know licensed and regulated restaurants, right? Have you ladies right, right? Yes, yeah. Well, that's why it cracks me up because that's all that's out there. So you hear the ones they paid their permit, they paid to get their little approval stamp. But those are who you hear people getting sick from. I'd like to say we've almost been open for two years. We haven't even had a sour tummy. So, wow. you know, that goes to show you what you can do as a free agent restaurant. You know, it's very, you can take care of your people and, and then some if you do it right. You know, and the, the fact, you know, there are other things that you can use. I would also like to say my daughter is 11 years old. She has never been to the doctor in her life. Mm -hmm. I keep a prescription bottle of antibiotics in my house. When she gets down and it's something more than Dayquil, Nyquil, and Mama Lovin' can fix, I give her one antibiotic, usually by two, and well, doesn't kick it out. And that's, that's what they do in uh, other countries, too. Uh, Mama Ellie, can you hang with us during the break? Sure, thing. Okay, we'll put you on hold. 603-435-1105. This is Lady Talk Live. Give us a call. 603-435-1105. We are back. This is Lady Talk Live, otherwise known as Free Talk Live. And here with you, we've got Stephanie. Antigone. And Carla. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. We're very excited to be here. We've been having an awesome time tonight. Go to freetalklive.com and check out the cam if you want to see us doing what we do live. And uh, before the break, we were talking with Mama Allie. Mama Allie, are you, are you still there? I am. 
Thank you so much for holding uh, through the break. So uh, before before we had to uh, go for a few minutes, you were talking about uh, your very successful free market restaurant and how how it is that you are able to vastly reduce the amount of waste that you produce uh, at your business. And you're also able to help um, people who are in need uh, or who may want to buy it at uh, your food at reduced prices and, and also barter. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, you know, it's just a matter of taking care of people and not, I mean, if you wouldn't throw away that food, if it was in your own home, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You, you would, you would eat it. It would be leftovers. You know what I mean? You it would be right. what your family ate for a couple of days for lunch or what have you, you know what I'm saying? So just because they say that that's what you should, that that's creating a huge, massive waste in our entire country right now, having that bar set like that. Yeah, I've and also it, heard it's ridiculous. I've heard that there are some re- regulations on restaurants where if they if they serve the wrong dish to the wrong customer, you know, if they mix up an order, they can't bring the food out and then bring it back into the kitchen. They have to if they bring the food out, they have to throw it away. Have you heard about that? Anybody? No, no, baby. I no. don't think that's well. It's not, it's not true from where I'm from because you can definitely bring a plate back and let me see it. Tell you, I've seen just about everything done to those plates that you bring back. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can definitely go back into the kitchen. I don't know. I'm sure somebody would like to start a rule like that so their picky asses food won't get fit in. But <laughs> I don't know that that's true. You know, it may be true but, in uh, in Massachusetts where I originally came from. Unfortunately, but <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it's definitely different in every state for sure. Yeah, they're different, different codes and all kinds of stuff. And they're trying to do a new thing here. They, they did a thing here where they did um, smoking sections have to have a complete separate ventilation system here. And now they're trying to do something where they're trying to tax the bars for having smoking or something new. And I'm like, God, didn't you guys already figure this out before? And everybody had to build like separate rooms, and separate ACs and separate everything. And now like five years later, they're doing something else again, trying to get some more money, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. But uh, that has nothing to do with us. <laughs> it, yeah. it, only, it only makes us boom harder so all I, the crap they do only makes less is get busier so. I remember you saying Mama Ellie before when you were on Free Talk Live that if you uh, would have wanted to go through all the uh, licensing and, and so forth you would have had to install a $20,000 range hood above your stove was that right? Yeah yeah, it's ridiculous it's, it's really I mean because I live in one of the oldest cities in the nation the grease is a huge factor because People's personal, they're breathing, their personal space, so it's a breathing issue. And then it's because the buildings are so historical, they're trying to preserve them. So grease is a big deal in downtown Savannah. Wow, they're protecting you from grease in your own home. (laughs) Awesome. It's it's crazy. (laughs) They're protecting it from the air, let me tell you. I, I was doing business with a bar in City Market, and we had to not only, and it was a underneath level bar, so it was underneath everything, and then there was five stories of building on top of it. Well, we had to not only bring the grease out of the building, but we had to run the pipe up past the tallest building in the city is the grease ordinance or what have you. So not only do you have to buy the ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 hood vent, you have to pay someone to pipe it up past the tallest building in the city. Wow. So, see, that, that just expensive. seems to me like it's designed to stop people from starting their own businesses. Like, talk about crushing entrepreneurial <laughs> spirits, dashing really everyone's expensive. dreams. Especially, especially when you're in the South, and Southern fried goodness is where it's at. You know what I mean? You know you're going to have grease. You know, oh, you've yeah. got to. You know, that's what people come here for, for the fresh shrimp and the grease. 
You know what I mean? Like, and your fried and, green tomatoes, which are the best thing I've oh, ate at Pork Fest. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, it's it's just it's crazy how the the, the big. I, I can't even explain to you guys how big the difference in the margin is on what it really has to be and what they're saying it is. You know what I mean? The margin is ridiculous. You could feed small countries on the margin. You know, it's it's really a huge difference. You know, and if people, you know, now that I've been doing my own thing for such a long time now, I walk into restaurants and I almost cannot appreciate it anymore because I sit down and I look at all the wasted money. Mm. I'm like, you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. I cannot believe you bought that. Do you know how much you spent for that? You know how many people I could feed with the money that you spent on that and you're not even using it? You know, it's crazy. You know, the margin that they set. And these people go in thinking, you know, they have to have all this commercial this and the more commercial crap that that they have, the happier this lady's going to be who has to sign this little special permit and all that other stuff, you know, but it's a huge waste, huge waste that our country is really going to regret someday. Yeah, and, that is so sad. You know, it's really sad. It is. It's really sad. You know, it's really sad. But here's because- here's a little positive note. I don't know if any of you saw this, but I know uh, Pete Ayer and Adam Mueller, who are doing Liberty on Tour at the moment, went to, I think it was a place down south, Mama oh, Ali, yes, the St. Louis was- Bread Company. Is that right? I did. I saw that. Yeah. And they, they just by way of background, they've started a um, nonprofit restaurant. So it's kind of a coffee shop and there's a suggested minimum price, but people are free to put in, you know, $10 or the $7 or nothing or $20. And I would actually like to see some more detailed video or reports on that because to me, it looks like St. Louis Bread Company found a way to get rid of their day old bread and look good. Well, I think you, honestly... I don't don't know, but I would like to see behind the scenes. But you know what? what? I had that exact same thought, but I saw that as a positive because I'm like, you know what? Why why not? You know, we all have to be wily if you're going to play within the system. And, you know, some of us choose to and some of us choose not to, Mm -hmm. um, like you choose not to. (laughs) And, you know, I'm like, okay, this is great. So they found a way to get rid of their day-old bread in a way that is good for people and that is helping the needy. I think it's a good solution. It's it's really hard, though, when you're helping the, the needy, you know, and I put quotation marks around it in the air when I'm saying right. it because those people look like they get hounded every day by beggars, and that is not what helping the needy is for. You know what I mean? And let me tell you, I live in the ghetto. We have, we, we call them pigeons. They're the guys that stand outside the store and bug you for a dollar or Give me a quarter, give me a quarter, give me a quarter. We call them pigeons. Well, we uh-huh. have them all over on the west side in Savannah. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And But there's a difference between helping your neighbors and helping people who need to get a foot up, you know, and helping people who are just going to use you to go on to the next person to use. Sure. And that is a very hard difference to make when you're just... I would, Once I saw that, I was like, I'm actually looking at this guy wants me to open this place down here and have an actual location. I don't know if my paranoia level can handle that right now <laughs> in being in one spot where they know exactly where I'm at. But, I'm, you know, I'm looking at it and what have you. And I have a, a girl who wants to be my publicist because she wants me to go legit. And she's like, I'll do everything. I'll, I'll take care of the permits. I'll take care of everything. You don't have to do anything. Just hand me the money. You won't have to mm. compromise your beliefs or anything like that. You can be a millionaire in two years. And... We want you, know, you to come I'm to New Hampshire, though. Oh, and I want Julia Roberts oh, to play you in a movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Mama Allie must approve I of the actress. 
<laughs> yes, most definitely. <laughs> but I'm definitely coming to New Hampshire anyway. So. That's great. Definitely, That's very I, good I'm, to hear. I'm spreading the love. You know, I've got I've got people talking to me in Arizona, Chicago, North Carolina, West Virginia, Missouri, all over our country. We need a biscuit everywhere. And if I have to go volunteer and people open up their own kitchens and I just show them how to do it, just to leave a biscuit in that town so that I know one person's doing right, we're going to do it. You know, we're definitely going to get out there. And But it's really just discussing the way that you have to play by their rules to be a millionaire, you know what I mean? Like, or to be, and, and you know, I don't, yeah. when she was telling me like the whole thing, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, but if I do that, I, then I open myself up and like, I just watched Pete's video and I was like, no, I'm not all down for all that because I was like, look, we got to do it the way I do it. I'm going to cook a donation meal. They can come in, they can pay for what they feel like is right. You know what I mean? I'm not charging only $7 if she comes in and she's yes. running late she eats a bagel. Very happy. interesting. You know what I mean? Thank you so much, Mama Allie, for, for the call and for sharing your thoughts tonight. We really appreciate hearing from you. You can share your thoughts with us. Call us at 603-435-1105. This is Lady Talk Live, 603-435-1105. This is Lady Talk Live. Free Talk Live, if you will. <laughs> We've had a lot of different names for ourselves tonight, but uh, Free Talk Live is the name of the show. This is Stephanie here with you. And Antigone. And Carla. Yes. We are very glad to have you listening tonight. Carla making lots of trouble. <laughs> as well. I plead the fifth. <laughs> Good move, Carla. <laughs> Uh, and we're very glad to have you listening tonight. If you'd like to call in and uh, ha- share your thoughts with us, call us at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. And talk about whatever's on your mind. Uh, we were talking with Mama Ali before the break. Mama Ali, a very successful uh, free market restaurateur. Uh, <laughs> should I say? And uh, she was telling us, uh, giving us some very, very interesting insights about the food industry and about uh, the amount of waste that's uh, sort of created by virtue of all these government regulations and the amount of money that's spent just complying with these regulations that, uh, you know, maybe maybe they were put in place for good reasons. Maybe whoever uh, wanted these regulations in place had good intentions, but they really don't end up helping people. They end up raising food prices. They end up creating waste. For instance, the regulations that prevent uh, restaurants from giving away their day-old food. Uh, we were also talking about uh, St. Louis Bread Company, which is also known as Panera outside of uh, St. Louis, which was recently profiled by uh, Pete and Adam from Liberty on Tour. If you want to go check their website out, it's libertyontour.com. And you can meet up with them. They might be coming through a city near you, so you should check out their schedule. Uh, but they're awesome, awesome video journalists and, and very cool activists. We we are very much looking forward to having them back in New Hampshire to join us once again. <laughs> but um, they recently did a little spot about uh, St. Louis Bread Company, which has opened a basically a, a restaurant where the pay is uh, voluntary, right? They, they have suggested donations on their items and, you know, people can pay more, pay less. Uh, they can basically get it for free. Maybe if they're maybe 
uh, in need or if they feel like mooching or whatever? You can um, actually volunteer, I believe, to work there a certain amount of hours ah, in exchange yes. for food. Yes, that's right. Uh Mama Allie uh, was a little bit skeptical of them. She said they were basically, uh, it seemed like they may have been a, been trying to kind of find a way to give away their day-old bread and, and look like they were doing something charitable. And Carla, you said you, even if that were the case, you didn't think there was anything wrong with that, right? Well, I think finding loopholes to regulations is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to some extent, the the worst consequence of that, of course, is that then they try and plug that loophole and then we just have more and more and more and more regulation. But, uh-huh. you know, I think if, if people figure out ways to work around the system um, for, for sort of, for, uh, I mean, I hate to speak in moralistic terms, but you know, for, for good as opposed to uh-huh. evil, you yep. know, feeding people, helping people, that kind of stuff, you know, within a voluntary society, we would still want to be looking at those things and thinking about those things. And so, you know, I say say more power to them. Yeah, and and to clarify too, I mean, we wouldn't say that making a profit by selling food is evil. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. not. You know, uh, they're helping people in their own way too. And you know, what's wrong with making a living at the same time uh, that you're providing a good or service that people want? Right. Um, I think that sometimes businesses don't get recognized for for doing that kind of thing. Uh, but Antigone, you had some thoughts about um, sort of accountability and how the uh, these government regulations that are trying to, for instance, keep eggs uh, clean from bacteria or prohibit uh, raw milk or, you know, keep us safe from all the evil germs. <laughs> you had some thoughts about those. What were your thoughts? Well, I think uh, reputation and in the free market um, would solve all of that without you know, having having a whole new bureaucracy of like health inspectors and things like that, that, you know, you can bribe, of course, to get away with things, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and hiring the prices of food, et cetera, et cetera. If Mama Allie was making food that made people sick, that news would spread and she would go out of business. Uh, it seems that she's being very, uh, that she's very successful. So obviously people are not getting sick. Right. You don't need to form this whole bureaucracy uh, to to make people serve healthy food. That's- yeah, aren't there places like Yelp.com? There are websites where people can review restaurants. And I'm sure that if someone were to get sick from a restaurant, then the news would spread pretty oh, yeah. quickly. Um, back when I was in Silicon Valley, I used to use Yelp all the time. But when I was looking for restaurants, I'd go to Yelp. I want to see you know, uh, people's reviews and, you know, of course, look at the median. Don't look at the, you know, <laughs> someone had a really bad experience because they woke up on the wrong side of the bed or whatever. Right. Um, and unfortunately, like out here, they don't really use Yelp too much. Um, ah. So it's more, you know, word of mouth. I'll hear like some restaurants really good. Cool. Mm-hmm. I might check that out. Yeah. Uh, some people do use Yelp, but I mean, I think your your point uh, about accountability and reputation mm-hmm. really extends beyond restaurants into uh, just brands of food. For instance, remember the peanut butter that, that had the salmonella back? I think it was uh, Peanut King or something like that. It, I actually don't remember the name, but there was a company that... <laughs> see, I'm kind of <laughs> defeating my whole purpose. Yeah. <laughs> There, you know, there have been brand, there have been uh, chicken scares, and there have been, uh, you know, spinach contaminated spinach, and um, uh, there was the whole tomato thing last year where oh, right. they recalled all the tomatoes. From Taco for Bell weeks didn't have and, any tomatoes to put on their sandwiches. And, and um, I think you know most of the fast food chains, and it turned out to not be a tomato at all. It was some it was jalapeno chili. peppers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, I, if you just 
know where your food sources are coming from. And obviously in some cases you can't, but word of mouth works well. I have a, I have a theory about food and I think the freest places on earth are the ones that have street food. Mm. And, you know, I've traveled all over the world and I will admit I've gotten sick in some countries, but I have to imagine if there's a food court or a fruit station where it's unlicensed and it's been there for 35 years they're not making their customers sick. Yeah, they're doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, your point, Carla, about uh, you can't always know uh, where your food comes from. I think that's an interesting point because, you know, so often things are kind of repackaged and relabeled. Like, for instance, there might be a huge company that grows all the baby spinach almost in in an entire region of the U.S. And then uh, different companies buy the spinach from them and then package it into their own brand. And so when there's a contamination that that occurs at the very top of that chain with the huge spinach grower, then um, it affects many different brands. And so it's a little harder to get accountability. And I think, I think it would be, um, it would be a lot better uh, if, you know, for one things, you know, local farms are more accountable. Right. Um, And it would also be better if, foods that were sort of mass produced were better labeled with the brand and where they actually came from. Uh, that was also something we were talking about uh, off the air, you know, government, the federal government now wants to regulate organic farms yes. very tightly. And, and right? that's a huge problem. I mean, just as a plug for New Hampshire, I can, I just finished reading Michael Pollan's book um, in defense of food. And um, if you haven't read it and this is a subject you're interested in, I would highly recommend taking a look at that. It's a good, quick, fast read. Uh-huh. Um, I don't believe he's libertarian, but his arguments certainly are. Um, he sort of calls out the government without being hardcore about it. He talks about subsidies, right? Yes. Against subsidies. Although I have heard him advocate for subsidizing fresh fruits and vegetables. But uh, we can get into that a little bit further uh, when we return. This is Lady Talk Live, also known as Free Talk Live. Call us 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. Give us your thoughts. We'll be back. Welcome back. This is Lady Talk Live, a.k.a. Free Talk Live, freetalklive.com. It's only Lady Talk Live uh, one night of the week. Well, I, I shouldn't say it's one night of the week. It's this one night of the week because we're doing a special show for you all with all female co-hosts. This is Stephanie. And Antigone. And Carla. Yes. And we're having so much fun tonight. Show's almost over. I can't believe how quickly it has gone, but it's been so much fun. We've been talking about all kinds of different issues, most recently food safety uh, in the context of a free society. How would that work? How does reputation keep our food safe and keep people from getting uh, screwed over by restaurants and poisoned, <laughs> basically? Uh, Carla, did you have some thoughts on that? You well, to- I, I guess I just wanted to add, you know, it's... We shouldn't forget that in a free market, you know, someone's providing you a service and most restaurants are not out to poison their customers. You know, Absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> most places are, you know, I, I am one of those, I guess, naive people who actually pe- believe people are inherently good. And I'm like, if you're going to run a restaurant, you know, it's, bad stuff happens. You get chicken poop on <laughs> eggs and, and on the chicken, chicken sometimes <laughs> but you know okay so the, a bad thing happens but most restaurants are not con- going to consistently 
try and poison or kill their customers. And so a lot of these things in life that we fear or we try and guard against or we look to our omniscient government to solve, it's like, get over it, folks. (laughs) You know, just figure it out. Bad things are going to happen to good people. Good things are going to happen to bad people. All of that stuff is going to go around. But we can't live in fear and try and regulate everything down to the slightest minutia. I mean, where are we going to end up? Where we are now, regulating, (laughs) growing your own vegetables in your own garden could possibly become illegal. Yeah. And raw milk raids. I mean, raiding hippie food co-ops because they're selling raw milk, uh, you know, raiding Amish dairy farmers because they're selling raw milk. It's it's insane. Lemonade stands with seven year old. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, uh, they they I I forget where, but I think it might have been in San Francisco. They have started to shut down soup kitchens because they aren't regulated bake sales. Because they Bake aren't sales, licensed. Really? I mean, someone's going to protect you from their fruitcake. Yeah. Seriously. Death by fruitcake. <laughs> Save us from the fruitcake terrorists. Well, they'd rather you be on welfare than be going to private charities. Oh, but yeah. of course, That's because true. how better to control you, my pretty. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> That's absolutely true. And not only that, but I mean, these regulations don't work. I mean, it would be one thing if they stopped everyone from being sick. Then we could just argue on principle, hey, it's not cool to try to control people and to tell them what to do with their businesses and it makes everything more expensive. No, they don't even work. Well, not only do they not work, but they distort the true free market. Let's not talk about capitalism, but if we're talking in pure free market principles. Mm-hmm. I mean, the corn subsidies have led to an obesity crisis in this country because oh, yeah. um, there's fructose, high fructose corn syrup in everything. Yeah. There's, um, I actually read somewhere, I think uh, a while back, but one of the reasons why um, uh, cafeteria food for, for public schools is so bad, healthy food doesn't have a lot of calories. If you're going to mm-hmm. have a nice healthy plate with a nice piece of meat or fish and some vegetables, calorically that plate of food is not going to be super high it's going to be a healthy meal right but some bureaucrat in all their wisdom decided you know what this meal needs to be x calories well you can't get a healthy (laughs) meal to be x calories so they started putting high fructose corn syrup in food so that they would meet the calorie count and to make it cheaper you know they have to use these uh relatively nutrient poor foods like like you know flour and potatoes and all that and 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 actually in in michael pollan's book he talks very distinctly about food which is stuff that you know we can recognize fruits (laughs) vegetables meat and then food substances or food like substances and he basically says anything you know that's not on the outside of the aisles you know so any of the inside grocery store in the grocery store or anything that has more than three ingredients beware (laughs) yeah i like that yeah i mean wasn't it going back to the school lunches wasn't it some bureaucrat on high that decided that ketchup counts as a vegetable french fries count as a vegetable come on get real french fries right (laughs) you know Uh, yeah that's i mean they're doing the kids a disservice really because the kids you know there's so many things wrong with that statement right kids shouldn't be forced to go to government schools anyway they should be uh, respected and valued (laughs) you know um 
government schools really do a lot to beat individualism out of kids and to suppress the, their creativity, uh, to cater well, to the also middle. also to form their minds and to make them good, obedient citizens. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we were uh, talking about this earlier, Stephanie and I on the way down, and to sort of circle back to the whole feminism, uh-huh. girl power Carla stuff. Carla takes it full circle. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, great. No, I lost my train. I'm so sorry. What we were talking about is full government circle schools, in the car. Government schools, and um, you know, one of the issues about bringing women to the liberty movement that I think is a challenge is women tend to excel in the government school system as it's now been set up because we're people pleasers. Earlier, uh, you said I said, "Oh, ten points for me," and you were like, "Gold star," and I was actually like, "Yay!" <laughs> And that, to some degree, is an issue because we also, as smart, intelligent, worthwhile human beings, women need to sort of move beyond that paradigm of, oh, I need approval or I need whatever. And I think that within the liberty movement, that's something we should be thinking about because it's not about doing it for your husband or doing it for your boyfriend or doing it for anything else. It's about finding where your core freedom where you are as a person and then going, this makes sense to me. I don't need other people to tell me what to do to take control of my life. Wow. So well said. <laughs> I love it. I'm done now. <laughs> Carly, you get another gold star. <laughs> Yay, arf, 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 arf. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to give a quick plug uh, before we forget for the school sucks podcast, because uh, nice. you know, we can, we can talk briefly on here about how government schools uh, beat individuality and creativity out of kids and encourage them to conform and to uh, be mediocre. But Brett from School Sucks really does a, a superb job of just illustrating that to to the finest points. I mean, he's he's very entertaining too. His podcast is very well produced. So check it out, School Sucks Project podcast. Uh, anyway, Antigone, did you have any thoughts about that, about government schools or school lunches? I don't think the issue is only government schools. I went yeah. to a private school, uh-huh. and then my first public school was uh, in the CSU system, and it was it was kind of depressing, actually, because, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the private school that I went to demanded more, unless your parents donated a lot of money, then you could get Ds and not get kicked out. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I think the whole structure of someone standing there lecturing and then you, you know, memorize that information, put it on a piece of paper and then forget it. How old is the system? You know, I mean, weren't the Greeks doing this how many thousands of years ago? And didn't they figure out that lecture format is the worst way to learn? I mean, it's not interactive. It's when you feed someone information, you can get them to regurgitate it back, right. but not truly understand it. And not, I mean, unless they interact, unless they ask questions, unless they really chew on the material in their own brain, they're not going to fully comprehend it. It's it's not learning at all. It's being able to fill out the test. And then, you know, the whole idea that everyone goes to college, then you get in debt and then you, you know, can't find the job you want and you fry French fries and, you know, then Which you... are a vegetable. <laughs> According to the government. Well, you put ketchup on them. You have any double vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> Living you know, large. You've got to You're healthy. <laughs> well, and Antigone, your, uh, your private school that you attended was religious. Isn't that right? There is, it seems to be a lack of private schools that are not religious and those private schools that exist that are not religious are usually super, super, super expensive. Um, And the, you know, I mean, I wasn't big on standing for the robed man that was the priest at my Catholic school. Mm. Um, Like, you know, the Keniacs over here are not big on 
standing for their robed man either. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say you had to, you were forced to wear a skirt because Jesus? Wants we had to, to wear skirts legs. to church because <laughs> Jesus wanted to see our knees. Yeah. Um, wow. Strange. <laughs> so again, another social control mechanism. Uh, we'll be back. This is Lady Talk Live. Call us at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. Thank you so much for listening to Lady Talk Live. Please give us a call. Let us know. What a great way to come in. This is Free Talk Live. You're listening to the female-only Sunday edition, uh, otherwise known as Lady Talk Live, She Talk Live, <laughs> Girl Talk Live. Although, actually, Girl Talk Live is the only one that I haven't used tonight because I don't like to be called a girl. I'm a lady, and I think you guys are ladies, too. Not Here I am saying, guys, you, are, <laughs> you both are ladies, too. I'm so not a lady. <laughs> I don't really think of the term guys as a gender thing. It's you I know. don't either at this point. I mean, yeah. I've been called a dudette before. Yes, I'm from California. But no, it, it, it's dude. Okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Actually, I, there's someone around here who calls uh, women dudettes. Rich Paul. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's Rich Paul. That's okay. <laughs> that's right. He gets a pass. Indeed. <laughs> anyway, if you are uh, enjoying our show and you want to share your thoughts with us, you only have one segment left to do it. So you should call in at 603-435-1105. That is 603-435-1105. We do have open phone lines right now. So we're going to talk about what we want, which is <laughs> Catholic schoolgirls. <laughs> <laughs> we're just kidding. We we're not going to talk about it in a in the way that you're probably thinking. But uh, <laughs> before the break, we were talking about government schools and how you know they're they're kind of similar to uh, public schools and private schools uh, or government schools are are similar to each other in a lot of ways, including the structure of how things are taught and that that structure being lecture style classes, right? Which are one of the worst ways to learn. And also the, the sort of hierarchical authoritarian structure, like the, one of the things that always really, really bothered me, uh, I went to a government school and uh, I would find myself, you know, over the course of the year being trained to, you know, raise my hand and ask if I had to go to the bathroom. I mean, can you think of a, a worse way to control someone? You you have to ask if you want to do the most basic, you know, human function. function. It's just sick. And I would also find myself, you know, if I wanted to speak, I would find myself thinking, you know, when I was at home eating dinner with my family, I would find myself thinking, oh, well, I have to raise my hand if I want to say something. It was, it's just sick. It's, I mean, now as an adult, I would just cringe at the thought of, having to raise my hand before I ever spoke. And I mean, this sort of, to come full circle, this kind of ties in with what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, uh, which is, you know, so, uh, social control mechanisms uh, placed on women. Uh, one of the ones that really comes to mind is uh, in the Bible where it says, you know, women should not speak unless they're spoken to. What was Antigone knows this quote, right? <laughs> I know too much about the Bible. <laughs> well, you did go to Catholic school. Indeed. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know many people who went to Catholic school and are still Catholic, um, but yeah. I'm not particularly familiar with that quote. I know that, you know, if someone wants to take your son for, you know, sexual purposes, you should hand them your daughter instead because she's worthless. Um, mm. I, I 
I, I, yeah, I do not advocate that book at all. <laughs> right, and if you if you want to make a woman your wife, you know, you should. Uh, what is it? Shave her head and throw her, lock her in a room for a month, and then she'll be. Uh, I think it. I think it makes her Jewish or something in in one of those books. Although I also think that is the plot of V for Vendetta, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> that's actually a movie I have some issues with. I, I yeah. it's a movie I I enjoy and I get Violence why people are one. really into it. But on yeah. the other hand, I'm like, mm, so you incarcerated someone, locked them in a room, shaved their head, and broke their spirit to make them a better person. Yeah, I know. I I also agree with that, Carla. <laughs> um. If you have issues with us, <laughs> really, if you have issues in general, <laughs> you should call us on Lady Talk Live 603-435-1105. Only a few minutes remain, as Ian says, to take your call. Uh, yeah. So so what do you ladies think about um, alternatives to government school and uh, maybe even private school? Have you heard homeschooling, of- unschooling, homeschooling and unschooling? Yeah. I mean, people used to hang out with their parents and learn, you know about life that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't really want to, I mean, I I try to not be political at all, but I don't think anyone has the right to get between a parent and their child and what, and what they want to do. And who's going to be more motivated to do the best thing for their child than the parent. Yeah. Well, I also think there are free market solutions for this as well in the sense that, and private schools are not truly free market solutions right now. I mean, we, you know, we have the charter schools, we have vouchers, you know, the government's getting their grubby little paws and everything. But you will have different schools with different, you know, trade schools that used to exist in the 50s. These uh-huh, things yep. will come back. Some people are good at languages. We'll have, you know, schools that will specialize in different interest fields. Some kids know from the time they're little they want to be a doctor when they grow up. Uh-huh. You know, and, and these things will – art schools – all of these things, if we just leave it up to the market, the market will figure it out. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of homeschooling, unschooling as well. Mm-hmm. But I do believe there's a place in the market for, you know, stuff like Kaplan School. You know, with the, there are little nuanced places that they're already doing. You mean it. like tests, uh, like competency tests in certain fields and stuff well, like that? Well, less that because those tests are standardized, but more just competition. So you would yeah. have tons of little schools. You'd probably have online schools. You'd have... In fact, that's already happening. I mean, for instance, MIT we have the formal university. <laughs> yes, that's another yeah. thing we can promote. The informal university is just what its name implies. <laughs> it's a little place where you can go to take uh, classes taught by your peers in areas of their expertise. I think it's informaluniversity.org. Uh, I'm not positive. You may want to just Google inform- informal university. But uh, as you're saying, Carla, there are places like like for instance MIT and other uh other schools where individual professors will uh, audio tape their lectures and yep. put their materials online. I believe MIT's available. entire um syllabus is now available online so you can yeah. be anywhere in the world. You could be you know in in India or in South Africa where I'm from and if you have an internet connection you can educate yourself. It's not about the piece of paper. It's what yeah. it, it's what's in your head. Yeah, and that's what really empowers people, I think, who may not have the opportunity to go to a physical school and learn a skill or uh, a trade. I mean, people can learn computer programming now from uh, Zimbabwe if they have an an internet connection. And I think that is very, very empowering. The internet has set us free. (laughs) 
Just make sure the tubes don't get clogged, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and they'll be coming for that soon. But, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that's impossible to shut down. I think, you know, the Internet, I truly believe in my heart of hearts, that is what has set us free because this information is spreading. We're doing a podcast right now. It'll be heard by six people. (laughs) (laughs) Try 600. (laughs) 6,000. 6,000. No, you know, we we have a fair amount of listeners and there are hundreds of people doing things like this and spreading the word. And I, I, you know, we have a cheap medium. Yes. To spread a really, really powerful message. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that basically ties in with what we were talking about earlier uh, in terms of outreach. I mean, the Internet is, is phenomenal in that way. I was, I was here with uh, Lou Rockwell uh, a couple of weeks ago in studio, and he was saying, you know, 30 years ago when there were just books and magazines and stuff, no one had ever you know, conceived of the Internet. Uh, it, it, was, it was so much slower, like the spread of the message of liberty. It, people basically had to get turned on to it and read books or read short articles or something like that. But nowadays, you know, there are, there, there's Mises.org with resources, free videos, free books, free ebooks, all, you know, everything for free, everything available at your fingertips. It's right. just amazing. So, yep, we like the internets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's still a few moments if you want to get that call in right before the show ends. Call us at 603-435-1105. Otherwise, we're going to keep on talking about the power of the interwebs and uh, how cool they are. (laughs) I think the interwebs are interwebs. (laughs) Um, Are are, like really the the turning point because of how easy it is to spread information around. Yes. Um, Yeah, I I definitely agree with you guys. I mean, I think it's as, I mean, and other people have, of course, said this, but it's as a revolutionary as the printing press. You know, when the printing Mm -hmm. press came out, people were like, wait, the Bible doesn't really say what these guys have been telling us, you know, or, you know, and and I think it's the same thing. You know, yes, there's going to be sort of a propaganda war and it's, it's happening online, but as more and more people turn away from television, you know, unplug the signal, start to source their own news by their own choice you know maybe it's something as simple as you have a run-in with a police officer that doesn't really turn out the way you expected you might google it and then see oh my god there this is happening all over the country or you know so so it's just it's an aggregator of information and it's going to set us free it already has it already has yeah well said thank you so much ladies for coming in tonight this has been stephanie and antigone and Carla. <laughs> I really enjoyed doing the show with you ladies and uh, really appreciate all of our listeners and everyone who called in and participated. We'll be back uh, two weeks from now. Maybe not all of us, but at least I will. <laughs> and we'll definitely be back with the same crew again. Until then, have